Balance of Nature's Fruits and Vegetables in a Capsule, Changing the World One Life at a Time. I realized after a month that there has been biological effects. I feel a lot better. I think I, I look a lot better. You get a lot of energy. I seem to be sleeping better. In fact, mm-hmm. I boxed all my old vitamins and put them away. And now I've got this perfect cabinet that I could put more stuff in that's <laughs> not vitamin related. So I, I, I just think it's a good product. It's been fantastic. You know, that's all I can tell you. Experience the Balance of Nature difference for yourself. Right now, Balance of Nature is offering free shipping and 35% off on any new preferred order. Call 800-246-8751. That's 800-246-8751. Or by going to balanceofnature.com and make sure to receive this special radio offer by using discount code KATE. The Kate Daly Show starts now. Welcome to the State Department. I think we have some interns in the back. Welcome. Uh, Good to see you in this uh, exercise and transparency and democracy. (laughs) Is that what it is? Sorry, I thought it was, I didn't mean, a, I didn't mean thought it was an exercise, of, an exercise of in spin and obfuscation. Well, let me just tell you, that's exactly what it is. Don't you just love it when the State Department is laughing at all of us? Just out and out, like, laughing at how stupid we all are. I just... It's always a treat, always a treat to hear the State Department mock everybody. So welcome uh, to the last hour on a Wednesday. You've made it halfway through your week. Congratulations, Friday. Is that much closer? That's what actually keeps me hanging on. And because, uh, you know, I love Fridays. Um, I'm hosting Alex Jones tomorrow. I'm on a I'm on a um, New Orleans uh, a talk radio station tonight. And then um, Caravan to Midnight on Saturday Night Live. If you guys want on Saturday night, not Saturday Night Live, Saturday night and it's live. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> right. Um, so all of that is happening this week. And we have Joel Skousen on Friday, Epic Times on Friday. And uh, anyway, I'm just really glad to have you listening. And of course, I'm looking forward to actually hosting Alex Jones tomorrow because I, I get to decide the content. It's really fun. And uh, and picking up a lot of new audience members. And I love that. So I really appreciate that. I guess there was a, a talk show host on the East Coast that just died of COVID. And I say that in air quotes because they slapped him on a ventilator really quick, like they're doing to everybody. And, um, and he died. And uh, it's just so sad because you think what a needless death. They don't have to die and they don't have to have a ventilator as part of a treatment plan, but that's what the ghoulish uh, hospital protocol is is all about. So anyway, I am grateful Susan's here. Hi, Susan. Hi, how are you doing? You know, it's it's this is really interesting. I have to say this. Um, we were talking about Afghanistan right after all of that broke, right? And I didn't want to be insensitive because you know I can, <laughs> I can come across that way sometimes. Because I'm just thinking in my head of all the times we've ever been in a situation like in the Middle East. This is when somebody decides to take a vacation. And they're on some mountaintop. And then we have to move mountains to go get them out of their own stupidity for choosing the very country that we have all these problems in to go vacation. You know, their little summer vacation. And I always think how stupid people can be. <laughs> 
Yet we do have a situation like this. And I was actually going to bring this up like a week ago and I didn't. And I'm laughing just because what in the world do people think in their head? Like what? We have troops there. Things are going on yet. People are in these countries voluntarily going to these countries as if there's no place else on the globe to go. What in the hell is going on? So, Susan, you've got to talk to me about what's going on with Afghanistan right now, despite well, the, you know, in spite of the horrors we already know are going on. Right. Outside, in addition right. to the visual horrors. Well, there is a story that talks about dozens of high school students and parents who are stranded in Afghanistan, oh, Americans from El Cajon. And <laughs> you read that. I thought I read the headline wrong. No, that <laughs> no, is true. true. And so they have been what? stranded. They're sending out SOS messages. They can't get to the airport. These yeah, are bank. high school students and their parents on a trip to Afghanistan. There, right. there is a part of this um, that I found out through a friend that this these are Afghani students. They were refugees to mm-hmm. El Cajon and now went back to see family and relatives. Wow. But they were from, they're doing it in, in conjunction with the school. Uh-huh. And uh, now Daryl Issa, former mm-hmm. congressman, is involved yeah. trying to get them out. But you would think that the State Department lines are just burning up the phone lines, just burning up trying to get people out. Right. But nope. I, I listened to Glenn Beck this morning, and he was saying he has the Nazarene Fund. Mm-hmm. They had 200 people they were ready to get out, and they couldn't get the State Department to respond to them. They were at the airport. The Nazarene people... Um, um, Glenn Beck's um, organization mm-hmm. had the plane. Mm-hmm. They had everything ready to go. But you need papers for people to get in somewhere else. And the State Department has to do that. And they refused to return his call. And wow. he said, don't make me fly them into Mexico where I will walk them across the American border myself. Because that's easy. I mean, right. <laughs> Yeah, that's let's what just said. go the easy route. He goes and trust yeah. me, you can trust me. Hey, I'll the Red do it. Cross has a map. See, they have a map: how to jump off a train safely, how to get over the border, what routes to take to the, get to the free stuff. I know. So we might as well just do that. I know. That's It'd what Glenn said. Well, that's what Glenn said. He's, they, his actual audience raised over ten million dollars yeah. to help Christians get out of Afghanistan. It was even twenty million last time. Was I it? Checked. Was it? Yeah, yeah. twenty million dollars. Yeah. So that, those were his listeners, and they're concerned. They want the Christians to get out. And, of course, the Muslims, too, but these were a group of Christians who are extra persecuted. And Mm. some of these were women judges who are now on the death watch list because they sentenced some criminals who were men who were then let out by the Taliban. Mm. So it, it, it really is. You can't imagine a more chaotic situation. And I just read that Poland just said, we're out. We've been trying to rescue people. It's too dangerous. We're out. And so one by one, the allies are falling by the way, wayside. And um, I was mentioning to you that there is a, a congressman from Tennessee who served in special forces. He gave an interview, he was very angry, but he said, you know, I worked with special forces in, in Afghanistan and they were actually quite good. He said what happened was they showed up one day to Bagram Air Force Base and it was empty. The Americans had just left and not told anybody they were leaving. They just pulled out in the middle of the night. Ouch. And that was their support. That was, there was air support that was happening. All this kind of, they just didn't tell them. They just, whoosh, gone. And so the Afghans thought to themselves, well, are, have they just left us? And so now somebody's turned us over. We better, they panicked thinking, wow, the, all the arrangements are gone. So 
we're on our own and maybe we've been, you know, blindsided, stabbed in the back, rug pulled out. Well, in the art of war, doesn't it say you just leave in the middle of the night your most strategic location and leave everybody hanging in the middle of the night? (laughs) That's right. You're not supposed to do it to your allies. This is just, uh, (laughs) I mean, I could go on and on, but yeah, it's that horrific. Yeah. Um, So... So um, William Engdahl, who wrote um, Confessions of an Economic oh, Hitman, so right? He, well, that was uh, that was the uh, John thinking? McAfee guy uh, that died, wasn't it? Confessions no. of an Economic Hitman. That was John McAfee. No, I thought. no, because sure? this didn't William. <laughs> didn't, who went into Brazil to do, do the IMF mm-hmm. loans? Because McAfee right. was the security guy. Um, I don't know. Anyway, so anyway, we're William's thinking. William's been on the show many times, yes. and he's written a ton of books. Yes, because really I'm looking good. at him right now, okay. actually. Yeah. yeah. But he said that there was a setup a long time ago about Afghanistan, yeah. that there are players involved. And he said, you think you're just looking at incompetence? He goes, it's not nope. just incompetence. It's planned. It's planned. And he mm. said that the person involved is... Um, the Biden special representative for, get this title, Afghan Reconciliation at the State Department, Afghan-born Zalmi Khalizad. Mm-hmm. He has been this figure who has shaped our approach to Afghanistan since the Bush administration in 1984. Um, he has been involved in, he's, he's an operative. It says, astonishingly, William says, little media attention has been given to the 70-year-old Afghan-born operative. And so he has been the mover and shaker behind the scenes. He worked with Paul Wolfowitz and all of those uh, draconian people who were the war hawks, Mm -hmm. the war hawks. But he, um, it said Bush Jr., whose vice president was Dick Cheney, initiated the invasion of Afghanistan, urged on by Zalmay Khalizad using the excuse of Osama bin Laden. But this was the guy who was pushing it. And so now he is helping orchestrate how this is all unfolding. Sure. And he's been in it since the beginning for decades, four decades. By the way, the author of uh, Confessions of an Economic Hitman is John Perkins. Sorry. Oh, John Perkins. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Sorry. How many books have I read? I've read so many. Also good. Yes. But um, um, but man, so this guy is pretty central to how they do things. To the whole Afghan, plot. Like how they're in and out and what they're doing, right? And, and so you will, you will love to hear this. It says, this was no intelligence failure. He was recommended um, by the U.S. Secretary of State and CIA head Mike Pompeo to be the special representative for Afghanistan during this time. Really? Yes. So everybody loves him. That are part of the deep state. Yeah. Everybody yep. thinks he's awesome. Uh-huh. And now the rug has been pulled out from mm-hmm. the Afghans. And the list of equipment that has been left behind is so astonishing. It goes on and on and on. In fact, even Laura Logan was talking about this character and how... This Afghan guy. This Afghan mm-hmm. guy, yes. Um, there is a watchdog group Um, This is being reported in Just the News, John Solomon's. 2,000 armored vehicles, including Humvees, are left behind. 75,000 total vehicles. 75,000. 45 Black Hawk helicopters. 30 military version Cessnas. On and on and on. And then we get to the night vision scopes, Mm -hmm. the thermal scopes. Um, 
they said it's 16,000 night vision goggles. So the fact that the Americans had such high-tech equipment, but especially night vision, mm-hmm. gave us a huge advantage. Sure. Well, now the Taliban has 16,000 pairs of night vision goggles. Of course they do. Of course they do. And I mean, and matching tennis shoes and Toyota trucks will follow, I'm sure. That's right. <laughs> I, I can't even we love imagine. to outfit people. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Especially. Like especially, a team. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Like a sports team. Especially the people that we're saying are going to come over and get us. Um, because, uh, you know, you know, are the Taliban ruthless? Sure. I'm not denying that. All I'm saying is, is that they use that against us for fear tactics to take away liberty here, too. So oh, 100%. it's the new boogeyman. And they did this with ISIS, too. And they gave them matching shoes and white outfits and... Yes, and William Engdahl does talk about the creation of ISIS mm-hmm. and the Taliban and who were all the people in Washington involved in that. Yeah. Because things don't just spontaneously come together like this. Right. It's <laughs> yep. almost like a plant. Don't and you, 20 million rounds of ammunition. Yeah. What are they going to do with that? Right. Don't you love the meme that says we spent 20, $20 billion to get rid of the Taliban only to have the Taliban again? Yeah. I love... <laughs> Yep. I mean, they couldn't even invent a new group. I mean, they did with ISIS. Why couldn't they invent a new a right. new group? I don't know. But uh, anyway, so they're going to strengthen them. They're going to make sure that they are able to do things. And you've got you've got some pretty ruthless people in there anyway. But you but but it's the biggest. It, it'll be it'll be the new the new boogeyman. Everything will be blamed on them. As, as far as uh, false flags go too. So yes. we have that to look forward to, people. Anyway, yes. be right back. Gosh. Be right back. Kate Daly Show. We have so much more on the docket. Don't go anywhere. You always know that Susan's hour is like, bam, bam, bam. So we got to hit a whole bunch of stuff. Be right back. Kate Daly Show. Talk lines are open now. Call 888-673-1450. This is the Kate Daly Show. Kate Daly Show, a little radar love. That's going back to 1973 for you. Uh, welcome back. I've got Susan here. Make sure you go to MyPillow.com and uh, just make sure that you order with the code Kate. It helps this show stay on the air and uh, we truly need that. Truly. And then um, I can't tell you how much. Uh, we really need your help. And then you're going to get great products for it anyway. And then also, because the fees to do this show are a lot. So that's why I'm saying, you know, it really, really helps. And then also, uh, Mike Lindell, one of the only private citizens, the only private citizen doing and pouring millions into exposing the fraud. Um, You got to love that. You got to respect that. That's a hat tip galore, is it not? And uh, you can help him um, as well with all the things he's doing and coordinating Plus, you're going to get great products. I'd order up for Christmas. That why the sheet sets are just are fantastic. 
fantastic. My gosh, they wash so well too. You have them too. I They're have so them. good. Love I them. wish I could explain to people how luxurious and cool and crisp these are. Yes. It's like my grandma's sheets on her bed. Anyway, that I used to love. So I'm just telling you, go to mypillow.com and put in the code Kate and you'll get up to 66% off. It's like an amazing deal that's never happened before. That has never happened in the history of my pillow. So 66% off. Uh, just put in the code Kate when you order. Um, I know I was just kind of like planning, gosh, I'd love to get one more vacation and maybe I can go to Afghanistan, you know? I'm sure there's some sort of resort, right? I mean, I can't believe people, but okay. Um, wow. I mean, it happens every single time we have some big action going right. on. But I know we have so much else to talk about. Well, now, yes, crisis after crisis. Yeah. Well, there's small dramas happening that are really noteworthy. I read this and it just moved me so much. So, perfect. Professor Clements spoke at Mike Lindell's symposium. Mm -hmm. He is the law professor from the University of New Mexico. And he traveled there and what he was part of several panels and he gave a closing presentation like you would to a jury. What he did was told tell a story, he told the story of how as a fed as a prosecutor he swept up this cartel group that was actually a family group that planned the murder of one of their own family members and how they had to reconstruct the crime because they had such little evidence to begin with. And every step of the way, he compared it to points along the trail of the audit and what we're finding point by point by point and then interspersing it with the scenario of Um, Mm -hmm. this murder and how they eventually convicted a very, very tricky case because it involved family members who had turned on each other. Um, It was masterful. It was like watching Perry Mason or whatever (laughs) drama you wanted. He was just masterful. But then he went back to the University of New Mexico and started up classes for the fall and told the administration he would not require masks in his class, nor would he himself use a mask. And he showed up the first day and told the class that. He said, you're welcome to wear a mask, but I feel like it's an infringement of our freedoms and it's not necessary and I won't do it. And I realize what the university said they will do with me. So he um, made that speech and he said the next day he started getting emails from his students that they had gotten emails from the university saying he was no longer their teacher. What? Wow. So he, yes, he said it's just, you know, um, Unbelievable. but people, you know, people fought for him mm-hmm. at thousands yeah. of people wrote to his administrators and fought for him. So he did go to one more class And he was told you cannot go to one more class, but he did. And something remarkable happened. He had already won a teaching award that same week for being an exceptional teacher. Won an award by the, yes. He said, but this is what happened. He said, one man responded in courage. He said, my own dean, Jim Hoffman. Dean Hoffman was ordered by the university to come to my morning class and see if I was complying with the mask mandate. If I was not in not in compliance, he was ordered to terminate and remove me in front of all my students. Dean Hoffman showed up to my class. I was not wearing a mask. It was an ominous sign. I recorded the class wondering if what would be captured would be my public humiliation. 
But instead of being removed from my class, Dean Hoffman handed me the Teaching Excellence Award I refused to pick up the day before because I would not mask up to go get my award. He spoke graciously to me in front of my students. He made no demands that I comply. He asserted his strong belief in the exercise of free speech. He then left me to teach my class. For that act of courage, Dean Jim Hoffman was informed this past Friday he is no longer the dean of the business college. You asked him to stand by me, and he did. Jim Hoffman did the right thing. Jim Hoffman acted with integrity. Thousands reached out on my behalf. Now I ask that you all send Jim Hoffman your love and support for his sacrifice for freedom. Please email him, leave a voicemail for him. He said, I can bear the hurts thrown my way. It hurts me to know others are suffering on my behalf. And then he said, write to Jay Hoffman at nmsu.edu. So this heroic tale is just so impressive to me because he has now been barred from teaching any classes, not officially fired, but barred. And... Part of it has to do with the fact they were looking for an excuse in part because he contributed to the symposium with for the audit. And he had said all along, you know, he felt with his strong faith this was something he was supposed to step up and do. Mm -hmm. And that people who step up and do things are often going to be attacked and pay a price. And he said, I was willing to pay the price. Jeez. Wow, what a so story. and his dean. Look at and what his, his dean, dean did for him. Yeah. Did these, for freedom. I you gotta love this. Okay. I I just I've been reading these posts amazing story, Susan. I've been reading these posts about this nurse, this teacher, this great teacher, this nurse have left their their posts because they can't they can't do what they're being asked to do right now because it's against liberty, it's against their freedom, it's against right. being an American, yeah. and how they're having to leave and sacrifice their whole career for it. And you know, you gotta you gotta give those people a, a very big hat tip and a huge amount of respect that are willing to give up their careers. And it's going to take more people doing that, sadly, for these communists in our country um, to, to take power away from them. Because the more people that do this, how are you going to staff a company if half the company were to leave because you're taking away their freedom and liberty, right? That's right. So well, and we when have to empl- be able to do that. That's right. And when employees are being threatened, we're hearing more and more where they said, well, then fine, you can just fire me because I won't do it. And they, people back off. Right. The um, people imposing, trying to impose a mandatory vaccination status they back off. And you think, what, this kind of manipulation, we have not really ever seen this no. in our country. Right? No. And courage is contagious. And so that is part of the reason that he's been so public and willing to stand up. Mike Lindell's doing heroic things yeah, with his life, his money. He doesn't have to. That's the thing. Right. Like, he threw himself into this fire because he loves the country and all of you that much. He was willing to do it and spend millions and millions of his dollars. And then, of course, retail chains started dropping him and tried to ruin him. And Fox News barred him from coming on and... I mean, all these places that he had already frequented all the time, and, and it really put him in a situation. But he said, you know what? Okay, then we're going to deal with that situation. You, you have to be willing to do that. It's, it's, I have personal experience with this. I'm telling you, you have to be willing to walk away. And then I think, 
I think what our Father in Heaven does is really to help us to actually come out sometimes even better, and you have your integrity intact, and you come out better from the situation, and you have to put your life in His hands to be able to do that, and it's not easy, because it's everybody's livelihood. That's right. Right? Yes, these were the, the bread earners of the family. And you don't rise to those positions. Those are prestigious positions in a university. Yeah, it takes a whole career to get there. That's right. And so to just deliberately do that and say, whatever happens, I'm willing to pay that price, not knowing. It's got to just grip the whole family you know, the whole family's involved. So true. He has been very involved also with the support um, of the January 6th prisoners. These are political prisoners. They're still in prison. Yes. Hundreds of They're them. They're still in prison, you guys. That's they haven't right. done anything. No, no. So he Gosh. he profiles them. He sends makes sure people know where to send money to them. They've set up a separate fund that's just for them. He said the money that's being raised for him because there was a go a send go give mm-hmm. a, account for Professor Clemens. He said, I feel impressed in talking with my wife that we're going to give ten percent of that to the prisoners. Um, because their families are such in such dire straits. I'll try to get them on the show. Man, man, it, man. It man. just is incredible. And then, then the FBI has the gall to come out and leak to Reuters that makes the news story that the FBI admits there is, quote, scant evidence <laughs> that the U.S. Capitol attack was coordinated. That 95% of the people they said through their mm-hmm. organization had... Um, it was just random and spontaneous. Yeah. The only coordination was by the FBI, sadly. And uh, we got to see that in the Ashley Babbitt video of all the actors posing as cops and Capitol Police and and medics. Yeah. Yeah. It's a horrific, it's horrific, uh, the amount of deception by the FBI. Yeah. So, so he had been focused on that as well and understands that there are people that are suffering horribly because of this as a political target um, the Taliban couldn't do a better job of just rounding people up and, you know, keeping them for months on end. So we just have to be aware and grateful of who's doing what. Um, Sidney Powell mm-hmm. is hard at work also supporting these groups and the audit groups and working hard. She also came out just talking about the January, the fact that there was scant evidence. <laughs> It's amazing that they're still in there, you guys. The most they ever should have gotten, and and the people that did this during the Supreme Court hearings didn't get, uh, those leftist, um, just awful, awful, horrid, horrid women. I I can't even call them women. They're so disgusting. But when they invaded the Supreme Court building, do you guys remember that? And they invaded the proceedings. They didn't get anything. $50. Slap on the wrist. I'm sorry, 50 bucks. Uh, These people are being imprisoned. Yeah. And... The legislative congressmen that went to go see them and weren't even allowed to see them. It's, uh, it's just mind boggling. So um, it's officially called tyranny. I came across this quote by Thomas Jefferson. He said, single acts of tyranny may be ascribed to the accidental opinion of a day, but a series of oppressions begun at a distinguished period and pursued unalterably through every change of ministers. So it, it's ongoing to plainly prove a deliberate systemic plan of reducing a people to slavery. Thomas Jefferson. Wow. And that's what we're seeing. These tyrannical acts 
against yep. people. And then we're also seeing all these people step up. The courage. Yeah, yes. the courage comes. The remnant comes. The remnant shows itself. I and know. all these people are like, I cannot be made to do this. I will not be forced. I'm leaving. And so we're losing, we're losing like the cream of the crop, the ones that are truly Americans. And then we're left with the scumbag communists. But we have these truly great Americans that are going, I am not going to be forced for a vaccine. I am, you're not going to tell me I have to take something into my body that's going to harm me. And uh, I'm standing up yeah. and you got to love it. It's a great big day. hat tip. Yeah. yeah. Big hat tip. Uh, I'll be right back with Susan. We don't go anywhere. Kate Daly's show. Susan joins me every Wednesday. We'll be right back. Hey, Talk lines are open now. Call 888-673-1450. When all this is the Kate Daly Show. He saw plowing through the cloudy sky. And up a cloudy draw. Their brands were still on fire and their hooves were made of steel. The horns were black and shiny and their hot breath he could feel. A bolt of fear went through him as they thundered through the skies. He saw the riders coming hard, and he heard them mournful cry. Hi there, welcome back, Kate Daly Show. Yippee! Wow, both of those guys together. Yippee! Um, <laughs> Iconic, yeah. Uh, welcome back, Ghost Riders in the Sky, Willie Nelson, Johnny Cash for you. And um, just wanted to mention Balance of Nature again because uh, right now, I do you remember all year how we kept saying you better eat your vitamins, man? We have a lot of stuff coming our way, and I really do feel like there's going to be a lot of things that are coming our way health-wise. Um, we all have these burdened immune systems from I think a lot of things that have been going on the last. Uh, the last decade or so, and that have kind of led to this point. And I think you need to eat your vitamins. Go get balanceofnature.com. It's the best food supplement, the best vitamin product. It's just awesome. has everything in it. Go get it and put in the code Kate, my first name, K-A-T-E, and you'll get uh, 35% off and free shipping. You can't beat that. You cannot beat it. You also get a free health coach. Get the drink that goes along with it. It's amazing. It's a fiber drink, and uh, it helps with cholesterol and cravings and balancing blood sugar and everything. So get healthy. To get healthy, go to balanceofnature.com. I love those guys. Um, phytonutrients, man. That's what it's all about. Um, wow. Yeah, there's... <laughs> we, we were just talking about just how insane this month has been, and yeah. it has been one for the books. Let That's me just right. tell you. It's yeah. like I was saying spiritual shockwaves. Yeah. Just hitting you over and yeah. over again. And because other right. people are going through stuff. I came across this thing, um, Dr. Michael Ugar, he runs the director of the Resilience Research Center. And he was saying something that really intrigued me because as we're talking about the health of our bodies, mm -hmm. you know, one of the one of the funny things that keeps coming up is if the government were really serious, they would tell people to lose weight because mm. that is the primary factor for people getting sick with whatever right. they're getting sick with now. Mm -hmm. But we're supposed to just embrace everybody's size, whatever, and not say, not say anything about that. Yeah. You're healthier. And, and that's really a dereliction of duty on their mm -hmm. part, right? It's another dereliction right. of duty. But um, 
he, he specifies, a, talks about multi-system resilience, and he gives an example. He said, every time the world oil price dips or goes up, well, mm-hmm. we know that's been skyrocketing, right? Mm-hmm. And OPEC has just, you know, shrugged its shoulders at Joe Biden. He's told him to go fly a kite. Mm-hmm. When he said, can you please, pretty please, increase the oil? And they it didn't just, work? Just kidding. <laughs> Yeah, Yeah. somehow they just don't seem to respect him. He said it changes the dynamics inside families, which we all know, right? Yeah, yeah, sure. And then it said, like, whether whether one of your parents will work in another community, whether you'll have money to join the Little League, is your housing going to be substandard? We understand that everything um, affects children's decisions and where people are living. And so when we talk about the spiritual shockwaves, it's because all of these outside forces Mm -hmm. are really bearing down on us, but not in a good way. The price of gas is not going down. Food prices are not going down. It is impacting us every single day from multiple perspectives. And we just can't absorb all of it mentally we're not mm-hmm. thinking oh well, i'm super stressed out because food is so high we're not doing much to and i love your i love that message but I, we don't do a lot to reduce everything how many people are getting out of debt how many people are getting in over their heads how many people are are seriously living under their means um enough to handle those without it affecting the family in that way you don't see too much sacrifice among people to do that, right? You don't see a whole lot of sacrifice to make the hard decisions to say, well, instead of that house for $600,000 that we're going to try to try to maintain um, based on two family incomes, why not live in the smaller house that we know we could maintain on one income so that we, we can get by? And you have it's, flexibility. It's yes, you yeah. have a greater margin mm-hmm. for error and you have... No matter what the government does or what OPEC does. Right. right. And you can think in advance. Mm-hmm. The, the problem is there's people who do live, you know, paycheck to paycheck at the lower end right. of the socioeconomic scale. Yes. And every little bump, yes. it's just it's like, huge. oh, it's huge and it's discouraging. And people get into addictions and other things. Mm-hmm. But I like what he said. He said, we have to... Um, in multi-system resilience, it's about the situation around you, how you build it up. And I know we're going to be getting refugees into the country. I mean, it is happening. We're getting them from Afghanistan. One of the examples he uses that I liked is he said, they taught the children in certain classes, this was with Syrian refugees, how to say hello and you're, you're, come in, you're welcome, welcome mm-hmm. to come in. Um, so that when these new students showed up, the classmates knew how to say that in their language. Mm. And it just it extended a hand. It crossed a bridge. It lowered sure. the stress. Kindness. It lowered the stress. Sure. Just because it's not the fault of people no. who are no. refugees. Right? I can't right. imagine a more stressful situation of being uh, a refugee. I can't either. Right? I can't uh, either. And kindness is, is free. <laughs> kindness, kindness is That's kindness, a good point. Kindness is free. We can all do all do kindness. Kindness is free. We can we can criticize the system that has caused this whole f- influx of refugees without people saying to us it's because you hate refugees. No, no. There's no. a whole process I, that has pushed 
them out. I hate the deep state that put us over there for 20 years for selfish reasons of their own profiteering and power. I hate those things. And I hate that they were once a a more flourishing country. And uh, and I, I hate to see where they're at now. And I hate to have to admit that the deep state did things in our name that we would never condone as Americans. We would never condone it if we really knew what they were doing over there for their reasons. But they do a lot in our name. All over the world. Yeah, and have been. And it's just, that's discouraging to me. That's right. Well, and there's a lot of people that say, well, the CIA needs to be reformed Mm -hmm. or we need to get rid of it, create something else. Same with the FBI. Needs to just go away. Let's use other agencies, U.S. Marshals. So We have enough cops in every state to be just fine. You don't need an overlay of FBI in every state. That's right. In each state. Each state has its own state bureau of investigations. Mm-hmm. You know, I can see cross-country crime where somebody's on a crime spree. But still, they could be prosecuted by all the various states. They it's sure like, can. This yes. is ridiculous that we have an FBI that's that's trying to muscle their way into every single state on every case. It's ridiculous. Yeah, that they, they show this. up and take over. Yeah. It really, it really ticks me off, to tell you the truth. And, uh, and I see them lying over and over again. Anyone want to forget Comey? I mean, give me a break, you know, like <laughs> oh all gosh. these liar scumbags. And I'm thinking, how does anybody trust these organizations anymore? They've gone so rogue. And right. when, when you look at the Ashley Babbitt actor tape and you think, you know, there was a lot of coordination all the way along and with FBI and everybody else to get that done. And you think, wow, you know, are the American people really seeing this? It's misplaced anger. So in the last hour, we talked about misplaced fear. Instead of instead of fearing the government because they've been proven mm-hmm. to um, to do things to us right. and to never work in our best interest, yes. we fear a cold. We fear we fear getting getting ill by a cold that ninety nine percent are going to survive more because we because we're dependent on the government for their advice rather than distrusting the government, which right. we should be doing based on the evidence. Right. This is misplaced anger. We don't, the left wants you to hate our country, our constitution, our foundation, who we are and why we are what we are. No, you hate the deep state for hijacking this country and doing what they want to do in our name and using our good name and our good servicemen to do it. That's right. And creating misplaced, yeah. The messes, the chaos, the Vietnam War, all of these. You don't hate our constitution. No. No, you don't hate our founding. You don't hate what we're supposed to be adhering to. You hate what they've done to this country. That's right. Not the country. That's you know? right. Yeah. There, um, when Christopher Miller, defense secretary, left office after Trump put him in for just like six months, he said, we found areas in the Pentagon that were kind of doing their own thing, that were not having mm-hmm. congressional oversight. Right. They had their own programs. And we figured out who they were and what they mm-hmm. were doing. Mm-hmm. And you go, wow, yeah, because how many employees are in there? Right. Right. Hundreds of thousands, if whatever. And the budgets are black budgets and... Mm-hmm. On the book budgets. Oh, yeah. So our constitution never allowed any of this. No. So to have anger to the country is ridiculous because right. our constitution doesn't say be thieves and murderers and whores. Kamala, I'm talking to you. It doesn't say that. It says this is the rule of law. This is this is where the government protects the people's liberty. This is how it's done. And you stay limited. It's the government that's hijacked that. That's right. So why are we not blaming that? Why it always infuriates me when these young people are taught to 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 hate our country. 
hate our country. Are you kidding me? We performed the miracles of removing slavery off the planet in, in, in less than 70 years. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Why hate the country? You know? And, and so to me, it's just, it's so misplaced. It's so awful what we're teaching. Well, it's and it seems like the, the shack, the shackles of government that it, what our founders mm-hmm. tried to overthrow. Yeah. But the thing about it is I was talking with somebody about why certain, you know, my faith has said, you know, vaccines are safe and mm-hmm. get faith. But all the faiths. Uh, yes, all the faiths. Um, but if you look at the federal government as a fire breathing dragon mm-hmm. and it was originally supposed to be turned outward towards other countries and said, if you pay us tariffs, mm-hmm. you know, we won't breathe fire on you mm-hmm. and you'll be fine. Um, somehow that fire breathing dragon has rotated and turned on us. Yep. And that's the problem. It yeah. has turned just fire, rain down, right. you know, brimstone on all of us. So I can see how people, organizations are trying to not get burnt in the process, try to just survive through this. Mm-hmm. But the more courage we see um, from others, the more we should be expending. Yeah. We should be speaking up. You're right. You're right. That's and, a great point. And so... Let's let's take heart. It's a great time actually to be alive because we're living through such a remarkable time. It's such intensity of forces happening, but we are a force for good. And somebody said to me, you know, if you're a force for good, you have the word as a sword. You have truth as a weapon and the other side does not. That's true. And right. that is so empowering. You're right. And I, it I, just made me boy, think about that. Truth. Right. I, I interviewed Chuck Baldwin, Pastor Dr. Chuck Baldwin, and uh, today, and I'll play that probably tomorrow. And I found him fascinating because we were talking about that very thing and what a calling it feels like it is to tell the truth and how empowering that is. Um, you don't get the gain. And like he said, he goes, I had to give up the gain factor when mm-hmm. I started telling the truth. I had to say, okay, that is not what's going to drive me. And I've been there. (laughs) Trust me, I'm there right now. That is not going to be what drives me. And I have to stay to the principles of truth. But what you get in return, you might not get, you might not get Satan's way. You might not get all the money and fame in the world and all these things that are supposed to be so promising, but you do get to look yourself in, in the face in the mirror. And you do get to know that your family, your relatives, your friends know that you stood on principle. And I'm sorry, there's no amount of money that can, that can get that respect. So you stick to your guns. If you have to leave a job, you do it. I think you put yourself in God's hands. He'll take care of you. I think you might even end up in a better situation than you are now. And you don't even realize it. Sometimes we have to have a little more faith and a little less fear and stand up for something that's right because the remnant is showing its face that, we, that there are people all over this country that firmly believe in liberty that are finally showing up to the table and saying i believe in liberty so much that i'm going to sacrifice now because i believe in it that much that's, that's great that's right yeah and it's something to stand up and be an example for your children to see their parents standing up yeah even though there's a sacrifice involved and that's why I think these times are so extraordinary. We haven't really had to make sacrifices Mm-mm. much We've as Americans. Enjoy. We get to enjoy the American dream, right. but we have not had to sacrifice for it or protect it no. or fight for it. Or really, fight for we it. Haven't. Nope. We have not, not very much. Mm-mm. 
And so this is what makes it so different. And each one of us is being forced to step up. Well, yes, because we thought the protection of the of the American dream was showing up to get the I vote sticker. And so a hamster <laughs> could do that. <laughs> a monkey could do that. That's pull right. a lever. But that's really, truly right. What you always thought. I mean, I was raising kids. I was, you know, we all we all worked. We all had all this going on. So we thought, well, I voted. I did my duty. What duty is in pulling a lever? Like a couple times a year, once a year. Give me a break. There's nothing to it. Um, German Shepherd could do it. So, so for sure, we have to now learn how to actually take a stand. That is uncomfortable and not fun. And and, and, and it's such a great opportunity. Yeah. Like good for us. Right. And now these audits are coming out. Other states are going to do them, and we should support them in every state. Oh, absolutely. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Support lawsuits, support things going into court. We already fought a bloody revolution. We don't need to do it again. We need to use what we have at the table, and that's our Constitution. So we've just got to start doing it. Uh, Thank you, Susan. Always fun. My pleasure. Powerful hour. All right, you guys. I'll be back tomorrow with Chrisanne Hall. Be faithful, be fearless, and uh, see you back here tomorrow. Go to katedallyradio.com for show notes. Imagine 